Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tommy Hawk's Axe House. Tommy Hawk's is the biggest axe throwing venue in the Midwest. Veteran owned and operated, Tommy Hawk's is run by a former U.S. Army Ranger and his family. If you're looking for an awesome place to kick some axe with family and friends, then Tommy Hawk's is the place to be. Tommy Hawk's also makes customized axes and tomahawks for those that want a unique piece to add to their collection. I just received my customized modern cowboy tomahawk and I am beyond thrilled. Check out some photos of it on our Instagram feed and once you see it, you're going to want to get one for yourself. So whether you're chopping wood or hitting bullseyes, Tommy Hawk's has got the blade for you. Check them out at www.tommyhawks.net and also check out episode 116 of the Modern Cowboy Podcast where I interview the owner and hear all about their story. So hey, check them out at tommyhawks.net and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, I've got a great guest on today, um, and the way we met was very interesting. I had the opportunity to to manage the NRS store up here in Wickenburg for a while, and this uh, this guy came in. He walked up to me. I was at the Hat Bar, and invariably, when you're in retail and dealing with you know thirty some employees and, and customers, you're always you know putting out fires or uh, or, or handling something, and uh, so Monty walks up to the hat bar. I was actually at the hat bar and uh, proceeds to tell me uh, what a great job that we're doing there at the store, how great all the employees are. And uh, it's interesting because uh, that was just a day when I, I really, really needed to hear that, you know, and it was just so refreshing to have, uh, you know, somebody come in and just give you compliment, compliment the store, compliment your work, compliment the workers. And so we immediately uh, became fast friends. Uh, Monty was out here uh, in Wickenburg Roping uh, for the winter. He actually lives in uh, central Illinois. Um, so I, I come to find out, too, that he actually wrote a book called Rope Your Dream. Uh, so Monty's a, a, a great example of, uh, you know, it's never too late to do anything you want to do in your life. He didn't start roping until much later in life and has won some big ropings out here. And 
So uh, anyway, I just uh, excited to have him on, excited to talk with him and let you guys hear his story. So Monty, welcome to the uh, Modern Cowboy Podcast. Thank you, Dan. It's a pleasure to be here, sir. Yeah, so um, are, are you guys coming back out uh, this winter to rope again, or are you guys going to be held up there just with the COVID-19 stuff? Well, we've weighed that decision, Dan, and we're coming. Um, we're, uh, we'll be leaving around Halloween and uh, hope to stay till uh, uh, mid-March. Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's good news because then I can get you to sign your copy of your book for me. Monty's book is it's available on, on Amazon. I think that's where I got it anyway. It's a great book, great inspirational book for, for anybody, uh, and I, I can't recommend it enough. So, so Monty, you know, when we talked before, uh, <clears throat> the line of work you were in, um, you worked, I believe, was for, for, for Caterpillar, right? I, I, I think that's who it was. Yes, that's correct. I worked for Caterpillar. I was there 33 years, Dan. Yeah. And you worked in, again, was it uh, public relations? Well, I started in, in engineering and um, got into manufacturing and, and quality improvement after that. And the last, uh, the last 15 years or so there, I was working on uh, either quality improvement in factories or in the corporation as a whole. Yeah. And then did you go into, in, into that line of work, uh, like right out of school or out of college or how'd that come about? Yes, sir. Uh, I went to school, um, in Michigan state and studied agricultural engineering. And, uh, I was also in the ROTC program. So when I graduated, I had a two year obligation and I graduated in June. The army didn't, couldn't take me till September. I needed a job. We were married and had a baby and um, I interviewed all the tractor companies. That's where I wanted to go to work. And Caterpillar was the only one that said, uh, you come on down and start your training program. We'll give you a military leave and put you back on the job when you get home. And uh, that's the, one of the reasons I spent 33 years there. You, you, you told me before, you know, and, and in your book, you talk about it too you didn't start roping later until life. Uh, tell us, had you always wanted to rope? Had you always had a desire to, to, to be a cowboy? Give us some background on, on, on how that came about and, and some of your history, maybe growing up if, if you were, uh, you know, raised on a ranch or. Okay. Okay, Dan. Um, actually I was uh, born and raised in Michigan. My dad uh, was raised uh, in North Dakota, Adams County, North Dakota and, my uh, grandfather and great-grandfather both homesteaded there. And that's what I attribute my cowboy roots to. And uh, we, we droughted out there in the, in the Dust Bowl in 36 and family moved back to Minnesota. My dad went to Michigan. And I, uh, I always had a love for horses. I saved my money as a little boy when people would give me a little money. And, and I bought a Welsh pony when I was five years old. And dad taught me to ride. And I don't ever remember not wanting to rope. <laughs> uh, just always wanted it. And, uh, and after I, I moved to Iowa, one of my assignments um, there, we moved over there in the late 70s. And I met some fellows that were interested. And we just started 
make it around with ropes. And, and finally, in uh, 90, 94, we moved back to Illinois, and I got my most of my kids out of college and had time to, to start trying to learn to rope. And that's when I got serious about it. So it, it wasn't until your kids were grown and out of the house that you really picked up a rope and, and started to try to uh, get the skills to do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's true, Dan. Um, I mean, I dinked around with one a lot, you know, but I met a fellow over here that was a healer and needed a partner, and he helped me a little. And the the real turning point in everything was uh, I went to a roping school up in uh, southern Minnesota in the spring of 95, and uh, it was Doyle Gellman and Walt Woodard, and that was a life-altering experience. I was on my way. Yeah. Well, those of us that team rope know that once you get bit by the bug, it's uh, it's worse than COVID nineteen. It never goes away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, so you started roping, and then when was the first time you made a trip out here to Wickenburg? Well, our first uh, our first trip to Wickenburg. Um, I think was in the uh, spring of 97. I was still working and, and planning to retire. And I wasn't pl- just on the, making the decision. And, and we, we stopped there at the Cowboy Cafe that was run by Cody and Jim Bob Custer, some pretty well-known rodeo cowboys, yeah. their family, and Jim Bob had it. And uh, we picked up the paper there, and they talked about a roping club. And I just stopped. We went on our way. We were on a vacation down there. And, I got home and retired. And I was going to stay home for the winter and finally had some time to do things around home. And Harriet said, boy, we, we got to go south. So I said, well, then let's, let's try this Wickenburg thing. And uh, so we, we went down there for seven weeks. And, uh, and uh, I just took a saddle and a box behind the cab of the truck and leased a horse from a fellow named John Hurl down there. He was putting on ropings in downtown Wickedburg uh-huh. at the old uh, Big Corral, they called it. And he leased me a horse, and uh, we've been blessed to go back uh, every winter since. This will be our 24th year coming up if we can get down there this year. That, that's right. I remember you said that because when you came in the store, uh, you told me you've been coming to that store for 23 years. And uh, back when... Um, Oh, gosh, his name's going to escape me now. The other fellow that owned it, though. Um, the other that owned the store? Yeah. Creed bought. Thank you. Yes, Creed. Yeah, so, gosh, so it's 24 years. Now, had you roped back there in back at home in competitions or, was, or jackpots or anything, or was this the first place you started jackpotting out here? Yes, by 97, um, by the time I went down, I'd been to, to roping school three years in a row now, and I was uh, doing some jackpotting here in Illinois. Yep. Yeah. I, I got started that here, and I got to jackpot that first winter in Arizona also. And then uh, when, what was the first uh, big roping that you won for the listeners? Oh, the first one that I won? 
<laughs> well, I'm just, I'm not sure. I believe it was probably down there at the Jack Rail Ranch in Wickenburg, which is now called the Silver Bit. Um, I went to a lot of ropings before that, but I didn't win one for a while, Dan. I, I think you can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a absolutely. <laughs> you know, you got bit by the roping bug and, and you got started late in, in life. Um, and like I you know, mentioned at the beginning of the, of the podcast, you know, it's never too late to, to, to do anything. And, and I, I, you know, I've messaged this out before, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, we just never let the old man in. Uh, you know, did you did you think that you would write a book earlier in your life, or what what uh, inspired you to 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 write your book, A uh, Rope Your Dream? Well, that's that's an interesting question, and no, my background is engineering, and I was a lot better at math and physics than English. And, <laughs> but what happened to me when I I I started had the basics of roping coming along pretty well and then I had to learn to compete and um, I just wasn't good at that at all so I got to reading all these magazines and the team roping uh, spin to win at that time and everything else I could get my hands on there there was so little information on the computer or anything at that time right and I started writing uh, clips you know notes out of all these articles and putting them on three by five cards and and we'd drive from Wickenburg down to Gila and I'd get my buddy whoever was with me I said get those cards out and he'd ask we were talking and I'd say there's a card in there that talks about um you know trying too hard get that card out and read it you know right. and um, this went on <laughs> till I had about 150 of them and and uh, one day somebody said you ought to put those in a book and I kind of scoffed at it at the time, but then I got to each one of those cards had a, an important thought on it, and and I would I started writing paragraphs and putting them together on the computer, and every time I did that, it just helped me so much. It took me four or five years to get that all together, and I was still adding to it, but that that's the way that came about, and then. Um, Someone mentioned to me this this ability to self-publish in uh, on-demand printing, and that's kind of how I got there with it. So did you, when you started putting your book together, you got an editor to help you put it together too, or did you edit it yourself? Well, on the editing, I, I had uh, two friends. One of my my friends from grade school all the way through college had written a book uh, about uh, teaching called Living Through History. He was Michigan's teacher of the year one year with, because of his teaching practice and book. So I sent him quite a few original drafts, and he was a good enough friend that he really challenged me about who I was writing the book for and, and all of that. And I had another wonderful friend. Um, that first gentleman was Jim Hollister, and the second one was uh, – uh, Wally Lowry from uh, Virginia and we stayed at the same ranch that he did and he was a professor of, of um, geology and he was a good critic and I, I had it all structured and 
at the time there was a um, a writing club in Wickenburg that met like one Sunday a month. And we had a gentleman come there just before I was ready to publish. And, and uh, he, he was, gave us kind of put on a little lecture and some tests. And, and I found out that he edited books and I sent it to him and, and he edited the, the grammar, if you will, but the structure in it is all what I created. And yeah. this is an interesting thing. Um, that I've learned through my roping about professional help, okay? And you, I just can't underemphasize the importance of professional help, whether it's in roping, learning to play a guitar, editing a book. Because my wife and I talked about, I got my old English books out and studied them, and I thought I had it, you know? But I said, I'm gonna send it to him. And he said, if I like the book, I'll do it. I'll send you back 10 pages. The very first word in the book was forward. And I had it misspelled. <laughs> <laughs> Therein is the value of professional help. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So now what, uh, what year did you, did, you started writing it a long time ago and then you, you ultimately published it in, when, did the, when was the first uh, copy issued? I think it was 2008 down. Oh, it was. Okay. And now when you, and this is for, you know, other people that may be interested in writing a book too. You, you talked about print on demand. They do that a lot now with other types of uh, merchandise and stuff. Uh, so, so are you able to, to sell these print on demand? Were, were you inferring that someone orders it and, and then it's, printed real quick and shipped or do you have to have a certain supply of them or how's that work? It works amazingly well. Um, um, the, the print on demand um, is, uh, you know, that reduces uh, the producer's expense of creating a large volume and sending them all over. Right. And you order those books on demand and, and they print and ship right now uh, i'm able to order them in quantity i usually have a box of them with me and i you know sell out of the trailer as people request for it. and for someone interesting um going through the right publisher that way um the return on that is way better than one could ever expect it's amazing really you mean in terms of like uh, what the actual your actual cost is and what your return on on your the product royalty. is oh the royalty okay yes sir did and you had obviously you you know you you said you had a good friend that had written a book and and so these guys kind of helped point you in that direction or, or did you have to go through or interview several on-demand printers or did, did you get the right one right off the bat yes my friends they were they were all about um, the writing itself. The publication was, and honestly, Dan, I can't remember who tipped me off to that, but I looked at some companies. The one I used at the time was called Create Space, but they have since changed their name. But I called there and they priced it to me and um, uh, they gave me a, a, a publisher to work with and there was all kinds of flexibility. 
I could provide my own pictures, um, the page size, and then they did all the structural and layout work. Um, and um, I signed a contract with them. They would have edited it for me. This other gentleman did it at a much lower cost. And then they offered me a, uh, they offer you a advertising program mm -hmm. where you can kind of invest in much of that as you want. They give you news releases and you can pick the magazines and, and they set it up and help you get it in the Library of Congress so it can be accessed for years. All of that sort of thing this, this organization did for me. And I signed a contract. I remember sitting at the desk there at our rent house in Arizona in, in February and we were publishing in August. Man, that's very, great. very cool. Very cool. And what company is that again? Publishing company? It was called Create Space. Oh, okay. They that was them. A new, uh, they, they changed it to a new name, and I don't have it on the tip of my tongue. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I can get it from you, though. We can put it in the show notes, and I'll, I'll put in the show notes, too. Because uh, is, okay. is Amazon the main place you sell your book, or is it available other places as well? Amazon. Yes. Amazon. Our, this company was linked with Amazon. It was a subsidiary. Gotcha. Which is very cool. And that is so simple. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And actually, yeah, well, I mean, uh, uh, my, my royalties are closer to 50% than you might believe. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now, do you have any, uh, any uh, thoughts about doing another book? or? Well, I've, I've been asked about another book uh, from time to time, but no, honestly, I don't. Um, I, I've debated it, but actually I've accumulated another 35 or 40 pages and uh, um, people that write about it, write to me or contact me about it or, or buy a book from me out of the trailer. I, I usually give them those extra pages, but uh, no, <laughs> uh, one was enough for me. <laughs> You're gonna just focus. my purpose well. It was no, yeah. It, you're just gonna focus on your roping now. You you wrote the book on on uh, roping your dream, and now you're gonna just focus on on fulfilling that. Yeah, so that that's part of it. I, I would I would share with you another thing, and and the book was written. My friends talked me into writing this, not just for ropers, but for people that are pursuing their passion. Okay, and. And I think it is held up very well to that test. And um, I'll give you an example. I, I took on another major um, activity, which was to learn to play the guitar um, 10 years ago. And uh, uh, I was almost 70 at that time. And it was so fascinating to me, the similarity and the processes and the obstacles and the tests of your dedication and the value of professional help in pursuing that also. Um, so I, I think it's a good reference for whatever your passion might be. Yeah, I agree. That's, uh, I, I alluded to that when I was introducing you and it's, it's, it can be applied to, 
to anything, any, anything anybody's passionate about and, uh, you know, what it takes to, to pursue it. And it's just, it's a great read. It's an easy read too. And, and like I said, it can apply to anything. I, I, I just love it because it's about roping, you know, but I, there's so many other endeavors I've had and still have in my life that I do. And, you know, you can apply all those things to, to life, just your, your life period. So very, very cool, man. Um, and, you know, you just mentioned, you said 10 years ago, you were almost 70, you know, and, and, and we talked about this before, you know, just not, not letting age be a factor in, in anything as much as we can. Uh, and, and of course, the older we get, the, the more we realize, you know, time does go by. But uh, <clears throat> I think that's, it's very inspiring for, for a lot of people, uh, you know, to, to see like you, I mean, you, you wrote this book, uh, what, what, what you were all, you were in your late sixties when you, when you wrote the book? Um, let's see. Yeah. That was 12 years ago. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was 54 when I started roping and, uh, yeah, I just turned 79. So that was 12 Man. years ago. Yeah. Man. So that mid sixties, I worked on that book. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but yeah. it's it's interesting because it's yeah, and you know, as far as that book goes, you know, the writing of it, I mean, every chapter I wrote, it drove, it drove that thought and methodology into my mind about perseverance and toughness, overcoming obstacles and adversity and advice and courage and all of that. I it was a great experience. The writing was a great growth experience yeah and, and that's that's that statement there is is awesome in and of itself because here you know a lot of times uh you know i remember growing up i'd see guys that are you know my age now you know i'm, I'm 62 and i a lot of guys you get 60 you want to retire you don't want to do anything and and you know and and you're talking about uh, such a great growth experience. And, and that's what, the way I look at it, you know, it's just continued growth in my life. You know, the, the, it's, it's, it's almost like, boy, now you're, you're starting to really get things kind of figured out in life and where you can really apply a lot of stuff. Uh, you wish you had that when you were younger, but uh, I just think that that's inspiring and, and motivating and uh, just a, a great example for, for for people to to look at and to to really realize that you know even you 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 spent your entire career but then you you have a new career you know so to speak in uh, in, in that you're an author and uh, you know team roper and and uh, uh, you know an influencer it's just it's it's just super super inspiring man and and uh, like I said from from the day I met you I, I knew you were, you were a special a special guy. Uh, I'm just super excited that we met and I'm glad you guys are coming out here again, uh, this winter too. Uh, one, because I get to get my book signed, but, uh, <laughs> I'd love to hang out with you when you get here. Well, thank you, Dan. That's, that's very kind. And, uh, I'll sure be sure and sign that book. And, and, uh, you know, that's another part of this book project that I never, gave any thought to it. I was so focused on on roping and riding it but the people I've met uh, like yourself um, 
you know, kind of a happenstance meeting and it evolves into spending this time together and our friendship. And I mean, you get, you get a note from somebody and how much they enjoyed it and uh, from, you know, different uh, Canada or Hawaii or, or somebody down the street, uh, someone that's been sick and fighting an illness. And um, I just never dreamed of the satisfaction that would come from that. And it's been wonderful. And I thank you, sir, for having me and for, uh, for this opportunity to discuss it with you. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very rewarding. I, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, when you you it just impact somebody's life in some way. Uh, you know, and and you're making that contribution to uh, you know mankind in some way, shape, or form. And I, I I get that same that same feeling from you know just sharing with the podcast and and people being able to share their stories and it inspires other people. And it's just I, I think it's my little way of doing my part you know, same with what you're doing as well. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, I really commend you for it. Hey, Monty, uh, too, uh, I got to ask you, cause we ask everybody on the podcast, um, what's your favorite hat brand? My favorite hat brand. Uh, I like the American hats. Um, I haven't got one yet. This hat I've had quite a while. Uh, I bought it at the USTRC finals in, uh, in, uh, 2003. But uh, I need one, and I'm coming to NRS when I get to Wickenburg. <laughs> so, so now th- here's another lesson. Now you 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 haven't bought a new hat since 2003. No, no, I have. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm a I'm a bit fruit. <laughs> Some would say I'm a bit conservative in terms of my buying habits, but. Uh, I wore out several. This one I've kept kept as a good one. Yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> How about Fair cowboy question. boots? <laughs> How about cowboy boots? You got a favorite brand of boots? Cowboy boots. Um, well, I've had a lot of good Justin boots, and I recently bought some Anderson beans that I really like, and my Two daughters and my son gave me a pair of these Tecovas, these new boots, for my recent birthday, and they are very nice. Yeah. In, in riding boots, I like to ride a, a buckaroo boot and those uh, uh, Honda boots. I get in Wickenburg at, uh, at Ben Saddleway there. They're really nice. Yeah. Very cool. How about cowboy movies? Favorite Western? Well, probably my single favorite Western is the Cowboys with John Wayne. Yeah. And the young kids. I just yeah. love the story. Yeah. Those boys. <laughs> and uh, and his uh, toughness and his softness. Yeah, that's uh, that's is definitely one of the greatest of all time. That's for sure. For sure. Well, Monty, hey man, it's been it's been great having you on and, and talking with you. Uh, when did you say you guys are going to be out here again? Oh, uh, we should be there in three weeks. Okay, we should be there in three weeks. Yeah. Well, 
people are starting to show up now already, you know, and, and, uh, town's getting busier. So, uh, you're going to roll in right at, right at the, right at the right time. And, um, uh, look forward to seeing you. And, uh, I don't, I don't think I told you, um, I'm going to, uh, work part-time up there at, uh, Los, Los Cab, the uh, guest ranch up there. My buddy, uh, Tony, he's the head wrangler there. He's been a wrangler for 30, three years uh he was on one ranch i think for almost 30 years and then he's been up here for four years so he wanted me to come up there and and uh you know take some of those folks on uh on uh, rides so i'm gonna be doing that so I'm, I'm excited about that uh so you might have to come up there and say howdy to me but uh, uh and then and then hopefully i see you at some of these ropings over there and and uh you never know maybe we we'll get entered up together and and win win all the uh all the prizes that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> yeah, the Rancho de los Caballeros, that, that should be a lot of fun and enjoyment. And uh, I will definitely look you up. And I have to compliment you here on what you're doing with all your podcasts and your modern cowboy brand. And uh, I've got to get me one of those hats and shirts you got on there for sure now. So thanks a lot, Dan. I appreciate it so very much. And see you soon. Be careful. All right, Monty. Good talking with you, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll see you when you get out here. Okay, thank you. You bet. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer, saddle up old rock, and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends at the roping pen. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs, twenty thousand dollar horses. Then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the roping pen. never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers And we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money You were always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope Now he's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the roping pen And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack You can back it up Oh, but we're all friends no matter who wins, down at the roping pen. Well, I ain't no play or speed. But I give your hell. 
We'll turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen Down at the roping
Yeah, you too, man.